Hey everybody, this is Al Nash from the Direction New Empowerment Dynasty, and you're listening to the Unapologetic Women podcast, the show for female leaders who love to live their legacies unleashed, unlimited, and unafraid. If this is a community you would like to be part of, visit directionnew.co forward slash unapologetic. Today, we're talking about the ongoing journey of becoming unapologetic with the incredible Toby Miles. Toby is a conversion copywriter and owner of Toby Miles Copywriting, specializing in email launch and welcome funnels, sales pages, and website copy for small businesses and solopreneurs. What I appreciate about Toby is she does her research. Her superpower is that she's a great listener, picking up on what her clients say and how they say it. With over 30 years of experience in marketing and entrepreneurship, Toby has a passion for helping other women grow their audiences and business in a way that feels easy and authentic. Thank you for joining us today. This is Toby Miles. I've been chatting to some ladies to come on and be interviewed on this podcast. And when they listen to some of the stories that have been shared before, they kind of go, oh, I can't be on the podcast because I don't have that kind of story. My life has been really good. I've been happily married for 30 years. Like I don't have, and I'll go, when did we stop appreciating that part of life? Like, why, why are we so... Um, hooked into the belief that we have had to have suffered a lot in order for our stories to be worthy to be told. Like how mm-hmm. freaking insane is that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I wanted to share that with everybody who's listening, because if you don't have a fucking horrendous story, like some of us do, your story <laughs> is still important to be told. Yes. I just want to say that. Yes. Hey, I think that's worth saying though, because I think you're right. Right. Like, I mean, my wasn't all rainbows and unicorns, but I also don't think that's necessarily special. Like it's my story, but I don't think anything that I have experienced is going to make anyone go, oh my gosh, I've never heard a story like that before. Right? Yes, exactly. I'm so delighted you said yes to this call. You want to find girl crushes. Like one of those like women that I got to meet, I was like, oh, I'd have been your friend. <laughs> right from the right from the start. I remember right from the start the very first time. It was like, oh my gosh. And then we had another coffee chat just because no for no other reason than just because we wanted to hang out. Right. And I feel yeah. like that's that's missing for so many women, especially in the entrepreneurial space. They're so focused on every call has to be about business and every call has to be about networking and every call has, and it's so boring Mm -hmm. and we miss out on the real richness of friendship and just loving women for who they are and how we feel in their presence. So Mm -hmm. Toby, darling, welcome (laughs) to the Unapologetic Woman podcast. I don't even know how to introduce you really. I mean, obviously I'm going to do the introduction, the formal introduction, but how I really want to introduce you is Toby Miles, badass, shenanigans inspiring, (laughs) high vibe fuckery, 
word wizard that just delights me every time I either see you or read one of your posts or whatever the case might be. That's really how I want to introduce you. Like, wow. stuff is cool, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's quite an intro. I, I, wow, I might just have to like write that down and let everybody do an intro like that. <laughs> Because that's really who you are, not what you do. And I think we kind of get caught up on what we do instead of who we are. Yes, for sure. I want to say thank you for being an unapologetic woman. I want to say thank you for showing up with such grace and elegance and ownership and embodiment of the women that you've chosen to become after many, many years. And... I've not spoken to one unapologetic woman who was just born unapologetic and just stayed unapologetic decade after decade after decade. What has been your experience of becoming an unapologetic woman? Wow. So, I mean, I could go all the way back to childhood. I'm a middle child four kids in my family. I have an older sister who's very much like my dad. She's very logical, very practical. She was kind of the goody two shoes. And then came me and I was creative and goofy and silly. And then I have a brother after me who's has special needs, right? So he required a fair amount of attention. And then I have a younger sister who was kind of like a spoiled brat, right? And so I was stuck in the middle left to my own devices, right? Because I wasn't the oldest. I was a pretty easy kid, so I didn't require a lot of attention. But honestly, my parents didn't really know, like, what to make of me, right? Like, they didn't think, oh, she's the smart one. She's going to, you know, be a doctor or a lawyer or a teacher or whatever. They really just didn't know. And I don't want to say they didn't care because I know that they cared. But I think they just kind of left me to just sort of be who I was and, and figure it out. And, you know, it was, I didn't always know where I fit in the world. I just knew that I was creative and I was kind of um, an introvert. Like back then I thought I was super shy, but now as I've gotten older, I realize like I'm kind of an introvert and I'm very much an observer of people in the world around me. Um, and maybe that was like a little bit of social anxiety. Um, so I'm not really sure shy is the right word, but, you know, over the years, I just never felt like I fit. Um, physically, I developed at a very young age, which was very awkward. Um, you know, I was getting boobs long before all of my friends, which meant they were looking at me funny and boys were looking at me funny and even men were looking at me, right? Which when you're young, like you don't know what to do with all that. And um Gosh, it wasn't until probably halfway through my first marriage where I just started to feel like I haven't even taken any time to figure out who I am and what I want and what I'm all about, right? I married somebody 10 years older than me and his goals and dreams became my goals and dreams. And then we had kids and I just, I just kind of was in like this cage and, and I just went along like that until I just couldn't anymore. I was miserable. And that was in my early 30s, I would say that was kind of like the beginning of the unraveling and then kind of 
coming out the other side like this is who I am and now I feel comfortable in my own skin I'm creative I'm an adventurer um, I like to take risks uh, I like to see the world I like to do things my own way like I don't if someone tells me like this is how we do it no I want to figure out my own way to do it a way that like suits me and my style yeah I love that and I don't know if your experience was the same. I, I had my who the fuck am I moment on my 30th birthday. And I, I remember it so clearly. I was sitting in Ireland with a six week old and a two and a half year old. And it was raining and the house we had just rented there was dark and dingy. And I just sat bawling my eyes out on my birthday. And I thought, I'm a mother, I'm a daughter, I'm a wife, I'm a this, I'm a that but who the hell am I? And you say from there, it starts unraveling. And I think it can sound like the unraveling was easy. And yet, I don't know about you, my experience was the awareness and then going even further down the rabbit hole until I hit suicidal depression, then coming out of that a little bit, but then creating the next level of entrapment for myself. Mm -hmm. and then having to hit rock bottom in that level and then unraveling it to the next level of the trap and it's been 20 years almost of oh my god here's another here's another cycle i'm finding myself in here's another piece to unravel until i finally learned to love the unraveling and just understanding it's part of the life process and so even though i experienced myself as an unapologetic woman by no means is the journey complete. Like, I don't feel like I'm there. Right. I'm still alive. Like, are you experiencing right. it the same? Or Because I think a lot of women can listen to us and go, oh, she's got it. It's done. It's nailed. I just need to do this work. And then I'm going to finally be there. And like, there is no there. <laughs> there is no there. There isn't. And the sooner you can realize that and realize that it, all of it is there, like, that is the there is the whole journey and the process and just loving and appreciating all of it the ugly the beautiful everything in between i mean when you talk about your timeline it sounds so much similar to mine it just the unraveling and then thinking i had it figured out and then taking a step that that really was detrimental where i hit my rock bottom right Mostly, uh, you know, once I left my marriage, a few years after that, then I was in another relationship that was abusive. But I chose that relationship because this person was the opposite of my first husband. And I thought, oh, well, of course, right? This isn't who I'm meant to be with. So somebody polar opposite is the right person. And that just took me down another spiraling out of control that was not healthy and probably even worse than than my marriage in many, many ways. And so I, so that hitting that bottom really was like the beginning of my awakening where I said, I, I won't uh, depend on another person for my self-worth, my self-esteem, for finances, for any of that ever. Because once you get in that place and you're miserable, if you can't stand on your own two feet, financially or emotionally you're stuck you feel stuck right you feel like you have zero choices but once you kind of say no i i need to know that i can take care of myself no matter what and then i'm i'm happy no matter what 
whether I'm single, married, dating, whatever. Like I'm happy with who I am no matter what. And then you then you really start to blossom, I feel like. Yes, yes. And I'm a stubborn bitch. So I had multiple <laughs> rock bottoms. And and people always ask me, what was your dark night of the soul? And I go, which one? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like which one? Because I I am so um I have such a high pain threshold, physically, emotionally, mentally, that I didn't want to just learn once. Like yeah. my, my rock bottom was like again and again and again. And when I keep saying to people, well, once you've hit rock bottom, you can only go up. Then they go, oh, okay, I only have to get up once. And I go, no, no, no. <laughs> maybe if you're an easy learner, maybe if you, you know, you're here on an easy journey, by all means. But if you came here for the hard journey, if you came here, I, I came here to discover love, to remember love, to connect to the frequency of love. It took me 47 years to even get to the depth of what that meant. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was huge. And now life feels easier just because I choose love every day. I choose love every day and I choose happiness every day. And I choose to see everything happening for me and looking for the gold, even Mm -hmm. in the shit, right? So Mm -hmm. go back to being like a toddler and sitting in the mud, building mud pies and go, well, somewhere in this mud, there's gold. Just don't necessarily eat the mud. And... um, (laughs) The universe has such a beautiful way because I kind of get caught up in the story every now and again. And on Monday morning, I woke up. I can't believe I'm sharing this. And my one dog shat in the bed, right, in in their bed. I woke up and I was like, oh, Monday morning and I have to bath both the dogs and I have to bath all the bedding. And at first I wanted to lose my sense of humor. And then I thought, if everything's happening for me, then what's the lesson in this? Mm-hmm. And I just started laughing, was like, Al, shit happens, wash it off and carry on. <laughs> Thank you for Literally. the easy lesson, right? Thank you for the yeah. easy lesson. But that's the whole point that I want to get to for everybody is that once you understand everything happens for you, you look for the gold in everything. And so my lessons seem to have become easier just because I choose to see them faster and in non-hurtful ways, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. For you? I, yes. Uh, one, one thing that I have learned, and this is, it's taken me, so I turned 60 this year, right? So I would say it's really just this year that I'm really start starting to dial in the idea that, that this concept of manifesting what you want and abundance and things like that it's, it's in you. It's part of you. You create it from your own energy, right? And once you accept that, that there is a flow that's, that's in you and outside of you and that you can see this, you know, in the world around you, I think that's kind of along the same lines. It's like, how, how long are you going to stay in that, that negative mind space? Because then you realize it does it serves no purpose. It, it doesn't, get you anywhere right and so if you can look at any situation and just find like one one notch above one tiny little how can i laugh at this or how can i somehow take you know this situation that's less than ideal or it's upsetting me or pissing me off right and find some humor or find some lesson and somehow just elevate it slightly right and then and then and that becomes like a habit like you learn to do that right and then it becomes a habit 
because because while you're in that shitty space you are creating the shits and, and I think yes. a lot of people don't understand that either you are the creator of your life experience and so if you're mm -hmm. choosing shittiness you mm -hmm. are creating more shittiness and mm -hmm. I also had to learn not to be hard on myself because I have I am mother nature, man. I go from sunshine to thunderstorms in the blink of an eye and I can be a hurricane or a tornado or whatever. And especially women seem to judge themselves for the so-called negative emotions, the anger, the resentment, the pissy offiness, like all of that stuff. And I learned to actually, instead of rejecting that in myself, how do I process that to get out of my system as quickly as possible? So when I wake up and I'm in a really foul mood, I don't want to work in my business being in a foul mood. I will take that anger and I'll get on my bike and I'll go and have a kick ass session on my bike with the intention that by the time I get back, all of that will have left my energetic field. And I get to use the, the energy, the, the red energy that's created through anger to have an even harder workout. So mm -hmm. it's about allowing ourselves as well to, to let the emotion flow through first because what you resist persists. But when yes. you just kind of go, okay, why am I feeling anger? Let me get this out of my system so mm -hmm. I can have a clear head again. And then get on a call with Toby, you know, or <laughs> and just laugh about shit. Don't even uh -huh. talk about what's worrying you. Just distract yourself a little bit so you can get your sense of humor back. Yes. And then go back to why why you started feeling pissy offy in the first place. Pissy offy. <laughs> <laughs> pissy offy. Well, it gets you out of your head, right? When we stay inside our head alone, it that's not a good place to be, right? You only just perpetuate what is already going on there. And then it's almost like you're looking for more to just pile on, right? I mean, I have had multiple, multiple days sometimes where I just wake up and I just feel like off or I feel anxious or I just feel like like in a shitty mood and I'll sit there for a minute and I'm like why like what is so horrible that is you know going on that I am in this mood and it's usually like nothing you know really you know um and so just yeah I, I and I like you my morning is my like that sets the tone for the whole day for me I get up I'm the only one awake it's quiet I feed my kitties they go you know back to bed and then I go downstairs and I work out and I do my yoga and by the time I'm done I'm like you know ready for my coffee ready to you know chill with my husband for a little bit and then I get to work and if I can put if I can do those basic foundational sort of self-care things everything else is just so much easier. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm always amazed when people see that as, as something to do as well. For me, it's such a beautiful experience. You know, I wake up and I put on my jazz music and my candle and I get my coffee and my beautiful journal. And I just, my journaling is, is me conversing with the universe, having a really beautiful conversation of appreciation and dreams and what I'm loving. Um, and then exercising and stuff and it just everything is an experience created which sets the tone for the day and yes. I feel like even journaling and, and yoga and all of those things have just been so westernized in it's something to do again in order for you to get a result right 
But no, it's not about the result. I blogged mm -hmm. about it today. Results is a trap. Mm -hmm. It's about the transformation and it's about the experience. It's about the full immersion in the moment of, of it yes. so that you can really enjoy it. Yes. Yes. The result is a byproduct, but exactly. people are doing things for the result and then hating what they're doing and mm -hmm. completely missing the point of everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, because I think people, they, they think I have this goal and this is how I'm going to go after that goal. But that's, that's the wrong way about it, right? It all starts here in old way. It's yeah. the old way. That's the fear way. That's, that's, mm -hmm. you know, the, yep where mass consciousness still is. And so we can have compassion for that and appreciation for the fact that we've done the work. We're on the other side and we understand that goals are not about goals. It's about who we get to become. Mm -hmm. Goals is just like a carrot. It's just a game. Yeah. But if you don't hit the goal, it doesn't say anything about you. You're not a failure. It's like, it's not this, this life or death thing. It's just a fucking goal. Like, mm -hmm. like have fun with it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. What does it mean? Well, think about it. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've spent, spent, and I would now say on the other side, wasted a lot of time worrying about so much shit that like either never came to pass or I realize now like it, everything always works out. Like it works out, right? Here I still am. Here's my beautiful home. You know, I have my health. I have still have all my marbles, <laughs> you know, like it's working out pretty well. And what was I ever worried about? Right. Yeah. Now, granted, like, obviously, you know, I could, you know, say, oh, I could worry about money or my health or, you know, my business or my family, my kids. Like I could say that, but, but why? That's just, you know, just. I don't know, just be in the moment, take care of the heart and the mind and the body and because the moment enjoy, is all we have. enjoy it. Like the moment is all we have. We don't know if we have tomorrow. I'm okay. turning 50 tomorrow. And on the one hand, it feels like, holy shit, where did that go? I feel like I'm just getting started. And on the other hand, I drop into the appreciation of how many people don't make it to 50. Like what a gift is this life really and and appreciate like after this i am getting on my bike because the sun is shining and i'm going down to the beach and i'm going to say thank you to the universe for this gorgeous day by going out and appreciating it right mm -hmm. because why not because why why would i get into that trap of well i first have to earn the right to get on my bike and go have a coffee at the beach because these things on my to-do list has to take priority with respect to everybody's to-do lists burn that shit yes. <laughs> what is this moment created for mm -hmm. and when you when you come at it from that way absolutely as creatives as artists a lot of this moment is the for the art right is yep. for the writing or for the the coaching or the consultation or the whatever it is because it's what gives us energy. But sometimes what this moment is made for is to just go and put your feet in the sand. Yes. Even in the middle. Oh, of the I love week. that. You know? I love that. I, even in the middle of the week, right? Why do we live for the weekends? Oh. I just I just wrote a post last Friday on 
LinkedIn, I do a Friday fives thing and I just come up with something to kind of like get people thinking and talking. And Fridays was uh, throw away your to-do list. Let's focus on your to-don't list. And it was the things that are non-negotiable for us, right? And for me, it's no drama. Like I've worked really hard to have no drama in my life. And when people bring drama in, I have no patience for that. Um, but, but to your point, right? Like, yeah, the to-do list is always going to be there. When you go to the beach, you have your coffee, you just, you know, enjoy the sun. Like you get home, your to-do list is still there, right? But who knows? Tomorrow could be raining and you might not have that chance to go to the beach. Exactly. And it's the middle of the week. You want to go to the beach? Go to the, the, the beach. Like that is the freedom that you have created. earned created. created for yourself. Not yeah. earned. I, I want us to stop wanting to earn stuff. We create it. We create it because it's what we desire and because we desire it, we are worthy of it. We don't have to earn it anymore. Like, yeah, because we are enough and we are creating through our desires and the desire is enough for you to yeah. be worthy of the desire because nobody else is creating the desire. Right. I really want people to start getting that. What does it mean for you to be an unapologetic woman? You know, for me, it is that I don't care what people think of me. <laughs> I really don't care what people think of me. I mean, I I did that for too long, right? And so now I show up in the lives of the people that matter to me. I show up in public in a way that feels genuine and authentic to me. I use my own. I don't anyone's rules when I write I use my own language you know if I want to use slang or or misspellings I just do it and I don't care I don't sit there and worry you know should I press publish or you know when I go places you know if something is not right someone's not being treated right or whatever I'll speak up you know in a in a in a respectful way I'm not rude like I don't appreciate rudeness um but to me, that's what it means is that I, I am just going to show up just the way that I am, you know, till the day that I die, because why not? Right. Because how, how you show up is your responsibility and how people experience you, quite frankly, is their responsibility. And what I have discovered is you can't please people because you don't know what mood they're in, you don't know what's going on in their lives. So every time that we are told that we have to be liked, for instance, I'm like, bullshit. Mm -hmm. I don't want to show up for you to like me. Mm -hmm. Because quite frankly, you're going to like me today. And tomorrow, I'm going to say something that's going to piss you off. And then you're yes. not going to like me. Right. But I want to surround myself or experience people who love me and who I love. Because even if you say something and pisses me off, I'm still gonna love you. I might not like you in the moment, in the moment. but I'm still going to love you. And I might mm -hmm. not like what you said, and I might not like what you did, but the mm -hmm. love is eternal. Yeah. And that love only happens once we really love and appreciate ourselves. Because once we do that, we we allow everybody else to have their experience and we allow everybody else to just it becomes unconditional yeah it becomes that 
I fucking adore you. And that's never going to change. Right. Whether you're in my life or not, the love that we have is eternal. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. wouldn't love you any less if you showed up differently tomorrow. I would just be like, oh, that's interesting. Look, Toby just showed yeah. up all her hair and she's got a ring through the nose and knuckle <laughs> rings. And, you know, and I would be like, oh, that's interesting. I don't need you to show up the same tomorrow. You could show up tomorrow and be like, fuck the world, Al. Like, just yeah. my toe. I'm still going to love you. It's my responsibility how I perceive you. It's your responsibility to show up authentically. And I think authentically means who you really are in the moment. Mm -hmm. But then we always strive to be our best selves. You know, it's we don't choose to be our worst self in every moment. And that's a key difference for me in being Mm -hmm. an unapologetic woman, because I think I don't want people to get the idea that what we are saying, um, if you're finding yourself in a bad space, it's okay to be a real bitch to everybody. And that's being unapologetic. Like, take it or leave it. Like, it's right. not that. Right. Mm-hmm. It's that ownership of who I am mm-hmm. as my best self, understanding that every day I seek alignment with that. I do the work every day whilst having the human experience and then allowing other people to have their experience of me. Mm-hmm. I think too that along those same lines to go one step further like to pay attention to how things feel right like we know when something is off we know when energy is off and just pay attention I'm not saying like necessarily act on it but pay attention and act on it if it needs to be acted on if something just doesn't feel right it probably isn't right. And trust, trust that feeling like that's so important. And we, I think we second guess ourselves. I don't know if men do it, probably not, but I think as women, like, you know, we feel these things and, you know, maybe certain generations are, are told to just ignore your intuition, but no, like it's there for a reason. It's trying to tell you something, pay attention at the very least, and then make your decision based on that. It's one of the reasons I went into self-leadership, even though the, the, you know, everybody wants to talk about leadership mm-hmm. because people have stopped trusting themselves. They've stopped trusting that they know the answer. They've stopped mm-hmm. trusting that they know what's good for them. They've stopped mm-hmm. trusting that they will do the good thing. They've stopped trusting self. Mm-hmm. And it's that intuition that you're talking about. We intuitively know the truth. We intuitively yeah. know what's good. We intuitively know when something's not good for us. Yes. But if we allow ourselves to continuously be conditioned to override our intuition, and when something feels really bad for us, we still go along with it because we're being pressured for it. That is like a huge ding, 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 like alarm bell going off. And I feel like women, especially at the moment, need to, because we've always heard of women's intuition. And I think we've lost it for the last two generations. And if we don't reclaim it, it's going to spill over into the next generations. But women specifically have stopped trusting their intuition, their feeling, their spidey senses. Yeah. And it's, it's okay to trust your spidey senses and to act upon it. Yes. And to then understand that wherever you get next is the perfect space for you. And allow yourself, I think, the experience as well of practicing it 
and allowing yourself to not always get it so-called right in the moment mm -hmm. because it's like a muscle that you have to retrain like if you haven't gone to the gym for 20 years and mm -hmm. you walk in there you're not going to go pick up a 100 kg weight and start right. bench pressing right. um you know your mind your your artistry everything is a muscle that has to be conditioned and i almost want to mm -hmm. give women permission to be more patient with themselves in whatever it is that they want to develop next and go if this was in the gym where would i start mm -hmm. and if you start too heavy you're either going to be so sore the next day that you're incapable of doing anything or you're not going to want to do anything unless you like us crazy bitches who love the pain yeah. <laughs> or you're going to injure yourself yeah yes yes but get to know who you are and get to be playful and be patient with it and the journey is longer than what you think and shorter than what you want to believe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. That's a good one. That's a good one. Now you've got me thinking. <laughs> what are you thinking? Let's go. Ben. I just, I, I, I think that, yeah. I mean, that's short, shorter than what you think, shorter than, Longer than what, say that again. Longer, longer than what you think and shorter than, than what, what you believe. Ooh, I don't know. I have to digest that. I have to marinate on that one a little bit. <laughs> I, you know, I have never up until this year really given my age a single thought ever, right? Because I feel like, you know, I, I'm healthy. I'm in good shape. You know, I have a young mind, a young spirit, all those things. But when I turned 60, I started to just think about like, what is still to come for me in, in years, right? And I started to sort of panic a little bit, like, wow, you know, what is that? Like 20 years, 30 years? I, I don't know. Do I have enough years to like live out all my dreams? I don't know, but I can live out my dreams in little chunks every day, right? Yes, mini dreams. Mini dreams. Like every day is a mini dream. Like every day I want to have at least one adventure and it doesn't have to be going to the coffee today is my adventure, you know, for the, yep. the beach. Yep. Like every day I want to create something. I want to tell somebody that I love them and I want to have an adventure. Mm -hmm. Like that's my standard for every day. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, I have real reverence for age because I almost feel like um, we've made age insignificant because a lot of people have such a negative experience of age. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you were a tree and you had 60 years of wisdom rings, that is something to be really proud of and, and to kind of understand, wow, this is my contribution to the ecosystem at the moment in a forest full of saplings or dying tree stumps or whatever the case might be and i'm only just getting started because i get to every day take 60 years of wisdom and create my next evolved self thing that i want to share with the world like that is yeah. so precious yeah i wish we could start being proud of our ages again like we've got this warped freaking youth obsessed culture going at the moment mm -hmm. i don't want to be young I, my kids go oh my god mom you're turning 50 i'm like yes 
I've never felt better. I've never looked better. I've never thought better. I've never created better. I've never had more lust for life than what I have right now. Mm-hmm. Or more enthusiasm or more mm-hmm. expectation or more optimism. Because I've learned the stuff. Like we are, yeah. we are looking at the 20-year-olds and 30-year-olds as 50 and 60-year-olds and go, you have to give me the answer because it looks like you've got it figured out. Forgetting that when we were 20, we also had shit figured out because we haven't right. lived all the stuff that is going to say, awesome, you think yeah. you've got it all figured out? Let's see what happens when we give you some life, baby. Like, right. what is your next evolution? <laughs> Mm-hmm. We forget that and we kind of go, well, you know, they're all walking around respectfully to all the, you know, the young people. Yeah. They're all driving their Mercedes's and drinking their smoothie lattes and walking around in their yoga way with their ripped abs. They must yeah. have it all figured out. Right. <laughs> I oh, did yeah. too in my training yes. and I mm-hmm. just forgot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we could talk forever. We could. You, one of the things I love about you is you use your gift, your gift for the word, your gift of connecting to deeper purpose in other people, and your unapologetic way of expression to support others in business. Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell the audience what it is that you do, why you do it, and how you do it? Yes. I I support other women business owners to help them grow their businesses, and I do that through copywriting and specifically with a focus on email marketing. And the key, though, is that each person gets to show up in a way that feels genuine and authentic to them, right? And so there's not a cookie cutter approach, like this is how you're gonna say things, this is how you are going to show up. No, it's it's about getting to know the individual and getting to know who they serve and figuring out what are the things that, that we need to talk about so that your people realize that you see them and that you are the expert to serve them, right? And so there's a process of research and using the voice of the customer and marrying up art and science and data and putting that all together to speak to your ideal client in a way that that makes them go wow like Elle really sees me she knows exactly who I am she knows exactly what I need and so um and and so the mechanism for me to do that is through copywriting and I don't even like the word copywriting. It's one of those industry overused words. I want to say it's, is it soul poetry that you write? <laughs> it is, um, it's soul conversation. That's how I feel when I read your stuff. It's oh. like sitting in your lounge with a cup of coffee in a space of just absolute safety and trust mm-hmm. and having a conversation. It doesn't feel like manipulation. It doesn't feel like there's an agenda to it. Mm-hmm. It, it just feels genuine. And I think that is a, a rare gift that you have in 
you as an artist practicing in an industry again and and i always say there's a huge difference between the art and industry and industry unfortunately has destroyed a lot of art and a lot of yep. artists yep and so those of us who stay true to the arts industry almost don't actually want us in industry because we we're bad for industry right <laughs> like we we show the the lack of excellence in industry mm -hmm. as artists and so that's mm -hmm. what i love about you is you're so true to the arts and that really is what stands out for me about you so oh. i love that about you thank you i, I approach i approach everything as if i am speaking to a friend in my mind, I am speaking to a friend, right? I'm not, I'm not lecturing. I'm not trying to persuade you to buy something from me. I'm just sharing with you something that's inside of me that I think that can help is that that's show up, you know, we'll go back to showing up authentically. Like that is how I show up. Absolutely. And yet you're so good at actually getting into your clients voices. Like my voice is so distinct. Because um, I would be like, bitch, please. <laughs> and, and I've used copywriters in the past. And then I would read their copy and I would go, Oh, that's amazing. But that's not at all what I sound like. And so if somebody had to meet me in the street or get on a coffee call with me, they would go, hmm, who is this yeah. person? Um, yeah. And so when I write, I write the way that I hear myself in my voice and then I actually speak to myself and mm -hmm. my voice is so distinct. And you're probably one of the closest people who would even be able to get to that because mm -hmm. you get it. You get that. Yeah. No, this is really who Elle is. Like I can, yes. you know, I can have a nice conversation. But when it's down to business, I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's take the gloves off. Let's get in the ring. Let me give you a Tatilla slap and let's get your ass moving. <laughs> it takes artistry for somebody like you to actually get that. Mm -hmm. and, and patience. And I feel like patience. patience is probably what I pick up from you because you take the patience. You have the patience to get into your client's skin before getting into their world. Yes, for sure. And that is one of the things that I tell people. It's not, it's not my job to write so that it sounds like me. It's my job to write so that it sounds like you. And there are varying degrees of challenge when it comes to that. And it doesn't happen overnight either. You know, it, it takes time to kind of develop that understanding of language and mannerisms and all those things so that so that I can be successful. And sometimes it's easier than others. And that's okay, too. It's all part of the process. And I hope that when I work people, they stay with me forever, because they see that I get them. So who are your dream clients? Because I know, like, we, we also we work with these kinds of people. But I have a very specific energetic type of person that's my dream client and everybody else is like, Ugh, can't be bothered. Love you. Can't be bothered. Right. <laughs> um, because I know who gets the best transformation with me and the other people normally need to be working with with other people. So who are your dream clients that you can't wait to get into their heads, get into their businesses, get into their lives, because it just feels like soul clients mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah so if i if i 
look at somebody's, or if I've had a, a call with somebody and I feel like they're still just trying to figure it out, um, either because they're just starting or because they're trying to serve too many different people, that is probably not a good fit. So I want to work with more established businesses who really know who that they are serving. And it is usually um, people in the health and wellness space, mindset coaches, um, fit in the fitness space, and also with creative professionals, photographers, branding experts, graphic designers, but people that are not really just at the beginning of their journey, but have a really good, solid uh, practice already. And, and they really need to take something off their plate so that they can focus on what they do best. Yeah. Coming together of genius gifts, uh, the way it should be in business, mm -hmm. by the way. Yes. yes. How do people connect with you? How do people connect with you? Uh, the best way to find me is probably uh, either LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn, as you know every day uh at toby miles and uh on my website you can make your way to uh, book a call with me um at tobymiles.com and that's one of those two places you can almost always find me and don't take up all the slots because i want to have coffee with her so <laughs> limited calls only people only serious exactly. <laughs> we'll just have an l and toby day that's it we're just going to block <laughs> that off on our calendar <laughs> You also have an amazing gift for everybody who wants to opt in for it. Tell us about that. Yes, yes. So I am a huge believer uh, in email marketing. I could talk about it all day long. It's one of my favorite things. I know a lot of people are probably rolling their eyes like, oh my gosh, get a life. But it's it's what I'm passionate about. And I think that for the time and, and revenue investment, you get an excellent rate of return. So, but how do you build a strong email marketing? You first need to get people on your list. So when you go to my website at the very top, if you click the link, you can download my free guide. It's 99 to see lead magnet ideas to attract your ideal client. And it's page after page of different ideas um, just to spark your imagination, you know, pull one of those ideas, give it a try. Um, they work for any industry. It's not industry specific. And that's a good starting point to to building your list and then connecting with those people who have, you know, said, yes, I'm raising my hand to give you my personal information because I believe in what you do. Absolutely. And then for me, it's always when I connect with my list on a daily basis, it's like these are real people that I'm writing to. And, and I almost yes. feel like that is being missed a lot of the times in the email marketing campaign. It just becomes a number game mm -hmm. instead of it's a person's game mm -hmm. and look after your people, like yes. love your people and your people. Love your love people. You, you yes. Know? Love your people. You know, if your list is big enough, segment your list so that you're giving the right things to the right people. Not everybody needs the same things from you. So pay attention to that. Don't just blast the same message to everybody because specificity is what makes people connect. <laughs> Don't ask me to say that again. <laughs> say it again, say it again. Specificity. <laughs> Sorry, right? Specificity. No, no, specificity. Being specific. 
you now you pushed me too far. Being specific. <laughs> the wet Smith. <laughs> exactly. Oh, you don't like that word? I got another one. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, I sometimes make shit up, right? I make up my own words. And when I, I write, too. it just kind of comes out. And then because I record all my blogs, sometimes I get to the recording part, I'm like, Okay, mind that that seemed really cool when you said it, but now that I have to find the time, it's not working so well. (laughs) What do you take an unapologetic stand for in this world? Oh my gosh, I I just think like don't, just don't be afraid, you know, just don't be afraid, and and I mean this like across the board. Uh, you know, at the most basic level, when people are trying to grow a business, for example, you know, they just overthink every single little thing. I don't want to write this. I don't want to write that. No, just write it. Like, put it out into the world. What's the worst that's going to happen? And and with other things, like, trust yourself, bet on yourself. Don't be afraid. You know, I'm one of my favorite sort of cliche um statements is around your comfort zone and how it's a beautiful place but nothing amazing ever happens there and that and that's so true and so every day you know think can I push myself a little bit more can I grow a little bit more just by doing something that's uncomfortable and and do that thing and if you screw it up so what right then you try it again or tomorrow's a brand new day like all those things so so show up as you and just don't be afraid just go for all of it. What's the worst thing that could happen? That's one of my favorite questions to ask myself, mm-hmm. uh, especially when I'm standing before a <clears throat> particularly crazy idea. And then I go, well, what's the worst thing that could happen? And then I go yeah. for it anyway. And, you know, sometimes you end up with mud on your face and learn to laugh at that. I always say do at least one thing that you suck at so that you can keep your sense of humor about yourself and laugh at yourself while you're sucking at it. Mm-hmm. Um, because that keeps you humble, but it also keeps you real and it keeps that childlike enthusiasm for life. Yes. Yep, absolutely. Toby, this has been amazing. I cannot thank you enough. I sincerely hope that all the listeners is going to connect with you in one way, shape or form, whether it is to partner with you in building their empires or being on your list just to be inspired and to receive all that good wisdom that you share so graciously and so freely with people. Um, or if they want to have coffee with you, if, if there's any time left in your calendar after I've booked it all out, <laughs> they can maybe squeeze in a coffee with you. You'll have to bribe her with something to have coffee yeah. with you. Um, or go ride motorbikes with you. Whatever it That's is, true. you yes. are worth the connection, my friend. I am so deeply grateful to life to have crossed our paths. And uh, you serve to inspire me every single day. So I want to say thank you so much for being Aww. an apologetic woman. This has been an amazing episode. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. And to all the listeners, thank you so much for spending time with us. And we look forward to spending some more time with you next week. Have an amazing day further. Cheers.